0: Hey there, before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give you the heads up about a program that is opening for enrollment soon. I've had requests from people about having more notice when I open the doors to things, so I wanted to give you a month to get ready. By very popular request, I have created a brand new, super intensive program focused just on Etsy SEO that is going to be opening for enrollment August 24th. This program is going to be the last resource you'll ever need to master your Etsy SEO and will include the program materials and a ton of hands-on coaching and support. More details to come, but I just wanted to give you the heads up so you could be planning and getting ready for that date. August 24th is when the doors open. I hope you're as excited as I am and if you wanna save your spot for that program, head to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash traffic and you can be added to the wait list. Friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to chings My name is Lauren Keplinger, and I run this here podcast, as well as LaurenKeplinger.com and my Etsy shop, Funky Monkey Children. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how long it actually takes to build and run a profitable business on Etsy, and kind of what that trajectory looks like or what it really takes to make that process a little bit faster. This podcast episode came out of a request that I had on Instagram for people to chime in and tell me what they wanted me to talk about on episodes and what they were wondering about building an online business. And someone asked me how long they could realistically expect before it was profitable and I guess what you would consider successful. Now, I will say, and I have said many times in the past, that successful is a really ambiguous term. What looks like success for someone might not be what looks like success for someone else. And what looks like a bad day in one person's shop might look like the best day they've ever had in someone else's shop. And both of those people might very well be happy with the level that they're at. So it's a very gray area in terms of having a hard, definition of success or a quantifiable number that makes you successful, which is why I so often and also so passionately talk about meaningful income around here. My goal is for you to be able to provide a meaningful income for yourself and your family, whatever that looks like for your individual family circumstances and the financial goals that you have set for yourself and your family and what your shop can do for you, whether that is $1,000 a month or $10,000 a month or $100 bajillion a month or whatever. So how long does it really take to build a profitable Etsy shop? My short and sweet answer for that would be it really depends I know that that's not what people want to hear and people always want me to put like a hard and fast, this is the date, this is how long it takes, this is how long you should wait after you update things, blah, 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 blah. This is how many listings you should have. They want me to tell them how long they should have a listing up before they should expect it to sell or how many listings they should have in their shop, which will be this magical number that brings in traffic to their listings. But the fact of the matter is there is so much about running a business that really is a gray area and it just can't be quantified in this black and white number. And I would say the length of time between when you get started and when you see success in your shop is one of those things. But I do wanna talk today about three things that make up some of the defining factors that go into how long it takes and what kind of path you should be able to expect or maybe even strategies of ways you can utilize this to make that a little bit of a faster process. The first thing is the actual demand for your product. Let's say you started a shop in March of 2020 making face masks. And then all of a sudden within a month your shop exploded and you had maybe tens of thousands of dollars in sales of those face masks. I've had people that came to me that said they had 50, dollars 80,000 dollars worth of sales just from face masks. Your path from getting started to profitability might have been very very short, actually kind of overwhelmingly short. <laughs> Now, does that mean that you can maintain that profitability and success over the long haul with products that are more evergreen and have a longer lasting demand over a long haul than something like face masks? It may or may not, depending on what you do, but you would definitely have to then change product lines at some point and would likely see a dramatic drop in sales year over year from, let's say, the summer of 2020 to the summer of 2021 to the summer of 2022. But having those reasonable expectations in terms of demand and what that looks like for your shop and your revenue and your sales is still applicable here. Very rarely are we going to come across something that sells sort of in the crazy way that face masks did, and obviously that was a very unique circumstance that hopefully we won't experience again, but regardless, the overall demand for a product or a niche of product or a category of product is something that you need to take into account in a very realistic way as you contemplate what the future of your business looks like. This would include those highly trendy items, which can help to kickstart your sales and can help to increase your revenue as long as you realize that those are trendy and they're not gonna last forever. It also helps then to have products that are not really trendy, but just have kind of a slower burn. Maybe they don't sell as quickly right out of the gate, but they have that longer lasting, more evergreen sort of demand. I have always and will maintain that you can sell almost anything online. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can sell every single product as this, at the same level as every other product, regardless of how widespread the demand is. If you get into a product or a niche of product as it is getting more popular or sort of on the front end of a trend or a front end of something gaining popularity in the market and you have your own little unique spin on it and your own thing about it that makes it different than what everybody else has, you're gonna see more demand for that than if you create a product that has been trendy already for three years and you're stepping into a market that's already there and there's already people selling it And you're not really on the front end of that trend. You're actually kind of probably maybe on the back end of that trend. Go back to face masks. If you started selling face masks in March of 2020, you probably had amazing success sort of regardless of your SEO or your photography or anything else. There was just such an enormous amount of demand. Almost anyone that got into that market really had a lot of sales. However, if you started selling face masks in March of this year, 2022, you probably did not have that kind of success. Understanding the cycles of products like that being popular is really important as you get started selling and especially if you hit the jackpot of one particular product selling well. I had plenty of people come to me in the summer of 2021 or after that even asking me if I could help them with the SEO for their face masks listings because their sales were dropping off and they were seeing these really dramatic decreases in revenue year over year. And pretty much across the board, my advice for them on that was that they needed to find a new product or a niche. There's only so much that you can do with SEO and with getting your listings optimized for traffic when your listing just does not have that kind of widespread demand anymore. So again, this is not a critique of hopping on a bandwagon of trendy products because I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I think it's really important for you to recognize if you are hopping on a bandwagon of trendy products that those trends fade and that that is not going to be a long-term business model for you outside of sort of niche industries where You know, people are still buying face masks if they have a certain reason to do that or whatever, but there's not the same kind of widespread demand that there was when it started. Because of that, you have to have a strategy then of what your next product is going to be and what your next trend that you're going to hop onto is, which kind of leads me to my next point. Number two, what is going to make that path faster or easier or just kind of, I think, a necessary uh, way to build a profitable business is having some sort of interest or a passion in the product that you're making. I think it's really important for you to have some sort of personal connection to or interest in the product that you're creating. I have a lot of people who come to me and say, I don't have any ideas of what to sell. I just want to sell something online. So what should I sell? And I can't answer that question for people or I don't answer that question for people. Honestly, when I hear that question, to me, it raises major doubts in my mind about how committed that person really is to being successful and running an online business or any kind of business. Imagine if I walked into a bank and I said that I wanted to take out a business loan to open up a store downtown in my local area. And when they asked me what I wanted to sell, I said, I don't really know whatever's popular. What should I sell? That's not a business. That's a desire for a get rich quick situation. And a lot of those same people who come to ask me about that are the same people who want to talk about having a passive income source. So I see these two things go together a lot. I want to have a passive income source. I don't know what to sell. What should I sell? I'll sell whatever's popular. What's popular? As I've said before, everyone wants to do no work and get money just deposited into their account. That's like the dream, but that's not realistic. I don't know anyone for which that actually happens other than like trust fund people. And let me tell you that selling on Etsy and selling online, regardless of if you're selling handmade supplies, digital printables, print on demand, whatever you're selling, it really does not matter what the product is, it is not a get rich quick thing. So if someone is telling you, you know, I'll teach you how to find all the popular things and you can just create printables on that, there's a bajillion other people that are doing that exact same thing. There's a bajillion other people that want to not have any real creative ideas and just create, you know, a calendar of July as a printable on Etsy and make money while they sleep. But It's not going to be particularly successful because you're not really creating any ideas of your own. You're not offering a unique spin on a product and you're not looking at the market that you're interested in or the experience that you have and seeing a gap in the products already out there that you're interested in and looking for for your own personal life. It's going to be hard to stand out if you don't really have any kind of perspective on. You know, I was looking for this particular product, and the products that I found online were not what exactly what I was looking for, and so I created my own. For example, in my shop when I got started, I was looking for cutesy monogrammed boys items specifically. Most of the items that I found for boys, which my oldest child is a boy. Um, most of the monogrammed or applique things that I was finding at the time were only really related to either like sports or trucks um, or that was pretty much it. It was like a lot of sports and trucks. (laughs) Um, And I wanted things that were not quite so boyish that were just kind of cutesy. So some of my very first sets that I created were plaid turtles. (laughs) Um and little dinosaurs that were in like soft pastel colors. So they weren't quite so in-your-face like boy masculine items. And that's where I saw a gap in the market and that's how I got started. And then from there it obviously expanded a lot and changed and grew over time. But how I found that sort of passion or that little window into a market that already existed. There was already a ton of baby gifts on Etsy. Etsy was actually pretty well known for baby gifts even at the time, but a lot of it was really for girls and there was a lot of pink, which there's always going to be a lot of pink for girls. There was but there's a lot of like pink and blue and, you know, girls have butterflies and boys have sports. Um, And so that little window into that market that didn't really, I didn't see a lot out there that filled what I was looking for for my own son. And I figured that there were probably other people that were looking for the same thing. Now, that's how, you know, that's an example in my shop, but if you are coming into a market that already exists and you say, I just want to make whatever's popular, so I know that this is already on there and I don't really care what I'm selling and I'm just going to look at what's popular and create, you know, kind of duplicates of that. At that point, you're literally just kind of doing the exact same thing that everybody else is doing. And there's always going to be sellers who have been doing that for a long time already already had a lot of success, they're gonna be ranked higher in the Etsy search engine because they've already had all of those sales, they've already had the proof of concept, they're already established. Now, this is not to discourage you from getting started. It is to encourage you to think about what your motive is for getting into that market. What do you have to add to that market? Where do you see a gap that maybe you have experienced in your own life in products that you're looking for and you haven't been able to find? What does your background or your training or your regular job outside of Etsy or the things that you use around your house, what do you know already that you use that you can add that to the market and create a product that other people haven't seen yet or haven't created yet maybe, or even just a spin on a product that other people's products don't have? Where is your little corner of the market that is unique to you, that you bring to the table, that's not just you Googling the trendiest products that are out there and trying to catch a wave of a trend that is then going to die down? Do you have an idea for a great podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for three years since we first started, and we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show on Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of Crickets to chings when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D to get started and create your podcast today. The last thing I want to talk about um, with your shop that I think that honestly is one of the most important, you know, once you get your feet under you in terms of your actual products that you're selling and the products that you're passionate about, this is, I think, the most important way to make your path to profitability shorter. And that is being organized and strategic about everything that you are doing. There are a lot of dabblers on Etsy and you may be one of them. There's nothing wrong with dabbling and playing around and seeing how it goes. But there comes a point if you are wanting to make this a profitable business where you have to turn that corner. You have to get organized with your finances. You have to be strategic about what you're doing in your business and where your business is headed. Haphazard decision making only goes so far if you want to grow uh, business and a revenue for the long haul that can continue to grow. This can look like a variety of things, but the most important things I would stress to focus on would be, number one, a strategic way to utilize the Etsy search engine for passive traffic to your shop through SEO, which if you need help with that, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I am launching a new intensive SEO program on August 24th. So mark your calendars for that. But having traffic coming directly from Etsy into your listings is the key to growing your business on Etsy as it allows you to have that sort of passive traffic that's coming in without you hustling, which then frees you up to have the time and the energy to focus on other aspects of your business without feeling like your day is spent trying to market your shop or hustle all over social media or whatever. The next thing is organizing your finances. You absolutely cannot be profitable in business if you have no grasp of your finances. For some of you, that is not really fun. For some data nerds like me, it is the most fun. But regardless of whether you like it or you don't like it, it is an absolute necessary evil. And I say that kind of, you know deadpan because there are a lot of people who do not like finances, they don't want to dig into their taxes, they don't want to dig into their expenses, they really don't want to deal with it at all. But you will not see maximum um, profitability and productivity until you organize your finances in a way that allows you to know what you're spending, what you're making, what your profit margins on are on things, which can then help to help you develop a strategy of where to spend your time. The last thing is a way of growing that allows you to increase your revenue per hour spent as you grow. This might mean adding additional collections that are not as time intensive. It might mean discontinuing the very time intensive products that you have even if you are, even if they are your higher priced items. Higher priced items do not always mean higher profit items when you take into account the time that it takes to make them. So really understanding how to strategically add items that are scalable in a way that allows you to make $50 an hour, $100 an hour, $300 an hour, whatever, or more, Creating your products is key. If you are stuck making products that limit you to making $10 an hour in profit, there is going to be a limit to how much revenue you can bring in. It's just math. You only have so many hours in the day. So you have to be able to have a way that allows you or a strategy that allows you to add products that can continue to grow the revenue per hour that you're spending in your business. I hope that you found this useful in creating an action plan to build profitability and looking forward to the future in how you can grow your shop. If you are struggling with those traffic, the traffic and the sales and really understanding where your unique position is in the market, make sure you mark down August 24th for that date when I open the doors to my brand new and completely revamped SEO program. More details to come on that. I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. Have a good week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.